Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. That song was uh, new to me, so I was uh, worshiping in the first service, in my service and worshiping. And uh, it just struck me, the, the verse that says, you know, I'm not going to focus on my feelings, but I'm going to rely on the truth. And I think so many times I need to hear that. And I, I, I think probably you do too, because what happens is we ask people all the time, you know, how you doing? How you feeling? And, and we really and truly kind of bring that idea a lot of times into church. And if things are good, things are bad. These are the circumstances. These are the situations. But, and that's real. I'm not diminishing that, but here's the deal. No matter what is happening in your life, the truth of God is this, is that Jesus Christ is on the throne. God the Father sent the Son into the world so that He could live a perfect exemplary life for us, so that He could die a substitutionary death. And the the truth is that Jesus Christ is resurrected from the dead. The truth is that Jesus is ascended into heaven and he is on the right hand of God and he lives to ever intercede for you and I in the needs that we have in this moment. And the truth is that Jesus is Lord and sovereign of all and he will come back to receive his people and bring us home to them that we may live eternally with Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter in the sense of eternity what is going on at this moment because you know that your home is in heaven. Jesus has has a place for you. And until then, he's coming. He's going to think about you. So, Father, help us to live in truth and think of truth for your Savior, Jesus, our Lord. Amen. You guys may be seated. Man, it is so good to be back with you. I got a a little bit of time off uh, this last month, and so I truly, truly appreciate that. From time to time, people will be like, well, is it good to be back? And and if I know them well, what my normal response is, the only reason I came back is because I ran out of money. So, I mean, you know, (laughs) so, but I I love preaching this, uh, this week. Uh, in the life of River Valley. And there, there's a reason for that. One of the reasons uh, is, is it's always an anniversary uh, for me. So 16 years ago this week, my family and I pulled up in a U-Haul and moved to Bastrop, Texas to help start River Valley Christian Fellowship. 16 years. So yeah. So that's fun. And it's also a beginning for us uh, because uh, just like that first year, uh, we, we operate on a school schedule a lot. So there's, there's things coming up. So I'm excited about those. And when I do my, my preaching calendar, I never uh, assign myself uh, sermon topics for these next two weeks. The reason is, is I like to preach uh, these next two weeks of what God taught me and showed me uh, over my vacation. And so sometimes that's kind of new and revelatory stuff. We had that a, a few years ago when we, we talked about being intentionally multi-ethnic and God is doing a work there. But this, this summer was a, a little bit different. Uh, God spoke to me several times, but they were really more like uh, daily assignments, like go to this, talk to this person, uh, just, just normal stuff. And, and I did those, but there wasn't necessarily a, a word that I felt like the Lord uh, would have me to bring to River Valley. And uh, come last Monday, 
that sort of consumed my, my prayer time because I was like, Lord, I'm going to have to say something. I, I got to, you know, like 30 minutes of gazing into each other's eyes is going to be awkward. So, so if you could, <laughs> please, please give me a sermon, Jesus, anything, you know. And uh, so the Lord um, showed me something that's, that's happening within the life of River Valley and what he, what he wanted me to, to do about that. Uh, here's, here's the deal right now. Um, it took us about two years until the, about middle point, about this point of 2022, to kind of fully come out of COVID as far as our numbers were concerned. About this time last year in 2022, uh, we were back to what we were uh, number-wise uh, pre-COVID. Uh, and so last Sunday and, and the Sunday that's correlating in 2022, one-year difference where we had grown to where we were pre-COVID last Sunday versus a year ago, we had grown in one year by over 400 in average attendance at River Valley in one year. And so that's, I mean, never happened. I mean, it's tremendous, tremendous. And, and the Lord showed me and, was, and reminded me like, look, there's a lot of new people. A lot of you are brand new to River Valley and we wanna make sure and set the framework correctly. We wanna make sure that you understand who we are and what we are doing at River Valley and, and how we operate and where we are going in the future. And so, so I want to use that opportunity uh, in the next two weeks. We're gonna preach, I'm going to preach two messages out of Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, we're going to talk about four types in the two sermons, four types of lost people in the world, people that don't know Jesus or have, have gone away from Christ and his church because uh, they, they don't know Christ, but how they got there is different. And this is an is extraordinary uh, uh, group of texts, and then it really describes it well. You are going to see yourself in one of these four people. Even if you're saved, you're like, I remember, that was me. If you're not saved, man, you're going to see yourself, and you're going to know where you got to this moment. So I want to look at those, but I want to make sure and set up the context correctly because I think it encapsulates so much, so much of who we are as River Valley. So Luke chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, give us the context uh, for the next two weeks. So here's what they say. Luke 15, 1 and 2, stick those up there. All right, and so it says that all the tax collectors and the sinners were approaching Jesus to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees, or the scribes, they were complaining and they said, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. Oh, that this would be the reputation of River Valley. Man, I would love it if people in Bastrop County were hurting. I would love it if they were addicted. I would love it if they were without hope. I would love it if they had lived their life their own way and come to the end of their rope. And then they think to themselves, where can I go? And they immediately think of River Valley. That's where I want to go because they'll welcome me and I can find hope and healing there. That's what I want for us. I don't want to be like the scribes and the Pharisees. And they're like, look at them. They do what we all do. They go, he's hanging out with some sinners and tax collectors. The worst. See, we all, we all have a hierarchy. Every culture have a hierarchy of, of sin. You're like, these, these aren't that bad. In fact, I do those from time to time. There's no problem with those. But up here, these are the tax collectors. Every, every society has their, their tax collectors. And Jesus is amazing because he doesn't just look at them and say, hey, how you doing? Jesus, the Bible says, welcomes them. Man, welcomes them, sits with them, eats with them. If you are a sinner, we want you here. Man, we love you and we are so thankful that God has brought you 
to River Valley because something special is about to happen. Here's how it works. Come exactly as you are to River Valley. Come as you are. But as you come, I want you to experience Jesus. And then as you experience Jesus, leave changed. Come right as you are. You don't have to hide. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to be a poser here at all. Come exactly as you are. But be careful. This is how we're different than the world. Don't come as you are and say, hey, I don't want to change. I don't need anything. You know, in fact, it's fine to preach a sermon. Just don't preach about blank. Don't mess with me in this area because that's off limits. No, no, no. Let Jesus envelop and engulf your life and watch him as you encounter him. Watch how you leave drastically changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. So if you are new to Christianity, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. If you're new to the area, man, welcome. We're so glad that you're here and believe that God has ordained this day for you to find River Valley as your church home. If you were worried that it would be a bunch of, of uh, hypocrites that, you know, it was like, hey, that's my seat, you know, like that. You know, like that's just not us. Uh, man, welcome. We are glad that you are here. So that's the context. So now let's look at the example. So Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 3, we're going to talk about two different types of lost people today and then two different next week. First example, he's going to teach them with a parable, which is just a teaching story. Just easy to understand, but he uses that to illustrate the point. So in verse 3, it says, He told them this parable. What man among you who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field and go after the lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. So the first type of lost person is a lost sheep. Second type, verse 8. Or what woman who has two, 10 silver coins? If she loses one coin, does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me because I have found a silver coin I lost. I tell you in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. So the second type of lost person is like a lost coin. A lost sheep and a lost coin. So the way I want to preach this today is I want to go with the similarities in both stories first and the differences next. So there's three similarities that, that I want to highlight in these sermons that, that are the same for the sheep and the coins. Different illustrations, but three similarities. The first similarity is this, is that God pursues the lost. God pursues the lost. The sheep leaves the flock. The coin is lost from the group of coins, but neither the shepherd nor the woman goes, huh, man, I'm out. I guess, you know, like, well, let me look around. No, that's it. And it's not look, God doesn't look for the lost. God pursues the lost. He chases after them. He refuses to let them go and to die without a salvation relationship with him. God refuses to let you go. So if you're new here to Christianity, let me help you understand how you got here. First of all, it was not chance. It was not chance that you're just like, well, I was driving down the road and thought there's some people that stop here. All right, that, that is not why you're here. It wasn't circumstance that you're like, I kind of had a bad week and then somebody invited me, so I decided to go. 
It's not circumstance that you're here. Listen, it's not even choice. You might have had all of those things happen, but there's a reason that you're here this morning. And the reason is that God has been pursuing you. God has been looking everywhere. He created you to have a relationship with him. And he has been looking everywhere. And this is a culmination of a lot of work on his part to bring you to a point where you hear the gospel, where you accept who Jesus is, where you understand he has been looking for you all along. God has ordained this moment for you to come into the kingdom of God. He has been looking for you. And not to give you hope that you're like, do I matter? Does he even know? Absolutely. Man, he has been looking for you everywhere. This is a culmination of a lot of those moments. So number one, similarity, God pursues the lost. Number two, both the sheep and the coin belong in a group. The sheep belong in the flock. The coins belong, and there's 10 of them. The, the woman had them because she was saving for a rainy day or she was going to make a special purchase. They belong in a group. You belong in a group. In our context, it's you belong in a church. You belong in River Valley. We want you here. You belong in this group we call the local church. That's the flock of God. There's a reason for this, and it's so critical because some people are like, I can you know, worship anywhere. Okay, well, that, that's true, but you belong in the flock. The, the sheep is a little bit easier to uh, illustrate, so I'm going to use it as the illustration. The Bible has Psalm 23, which is the, 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 the shepherd psalm, and he says in there, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. These are the tools of the shepherd. The shepherd's tools are a rod and a staff. Now, the shepherd might lay aside his staff for a moment. He'll always have it close, but he might lay it aside. But the shepherd will never set down his rod. The rod is for protection. The rod is for protection. So I, uh, I didn't know anything. I grew up in cattle country, so I didn't grow around sheep at all. So I am an uber nerd, so I read a book on sheep. So, right? You're like, hey, you two, if that's you, come find me. We will geek out together. All right, so, so I read this book on, on a shepherd. And the, the shepherd is, is in the Middle East with, with shepherds. This is modern day, and he's writing about that. And he says he was with a boy. The, the shepherd was a boy, not, not even a teenager yet. He was a boy. And he said they were repairing a, a stone wall. So they were getting some, some stones and moving them and repairing the wall. And he said, he said it was kind of annoying to me because he kept his rod. He was holding his rod. He said it was annoying because we're trying to move these stones and he's got this rod. So he's, he's limited in how much he can help. And he said, I kind of got annoyed at it, actually. He said, until I realized why he had the rod. He said, we lifted up a rock, and under this rock was a cobra. He said, the cobra was quite shocked that the roof had just been removed from his house. He said, I was quite shocked that there was a cobra under there. He said, but what was interesting was that by the time the cobra realized what was happening, and by the time that I realized what was happening, the shepherd who had never left his rod, he said, it immediately hit it and killed the cobra. He said, nothing ever happened because the shepherd was ready. The rod is protection. Your rod protects me. <clears throat> when you move out, when you are outside of the flock, there's so much protection in this house and in this place and for these people in the kingdom of God. So the rod is for protection. Number two, the staff. 
Y'all ever wondered if I can preach with a mint? The answer is yes. <laughs> All right, there we go. I was sitting there thinking, yeah, I got to use it. And then I was thinking, there's no way I can do this cool. All right, so. All right, so. Pay attention. Staff, here we go. All right. <laughs> uh, so the staff, the staff is for guidance. The staff is for guidance. The sheep don't know where to go, but the shepherd does. So he moves them along. Even if they're a long distance, why it's so long? So he can get them one over from the, from the uh, other sheep. He can move them and he can guide them. He can use the crook in and he can pull them close and he can give them a scratch. He can love on them. The, sh- the shepherd uses the staff for guidance. And the Bible says, your rod for protection, your staff for guidance, they comfort me. When we're outside of the flock, we're missing out on the protection. We're missing out on the guidance. And we're missing the comfort that comes from the flock. See, a couple of years ago during COVID, we're like all churches in, in America. We really ramped up our online and right now, they're actually watching online. What's interesting is we normally video the second service, but the second service messed up. So I was talking directly into the camera at the people, and they said afterwards, they were like, hey, the audio was off. So they were all watching me go, yeah, you know, like that, you know. And they're like, I don't think he's that good. And so, but here's the deal. And here's what I want you to know. And here's what I want you to know if you're watching today. There are two legitimate reasons for using online services. The first is, some of you are watching right now, and you're thinking about coming to River Valley, and you're watching us to figure out if we're weird. That's what's happening. That's, I mean, let's be honest, okay? You want to know if we're weird, because you can just turn it off. But if you get in the middle, man, of a service, and they're weird, sometimes you are trapped for how long, right? So if that's you, I'm glad you're watching. If you've been watching for a while, surely by now you know we are appropriately weird. So just come and be a part, all right? No problem. The second group that's watching right now, legitimately, is some of you are watching because it's, we anticipate or we want our online services to be a supplement to our services. You're out of town. You're watching me and you're down at the coast or wherever you move from, you've gone back home and you're watching. Man, fantastic. Fantastic. In the old days, you would have just had to miss all together. This is a great supplement for you. You're normally here, but you're out this week. Man, have fun. Have, uh, and I'm glad that you're, you're getting that experience. But the third group uses this incorrectly, uses the video incorrectly. Instead of a supplement, they use it as a substitute. And if you're sitting here and you're watching today, and it really is because you just like showing up when you want to and turning it on, and it's much easier to watch in your pajamas than getting up, then you're missing out on the fact that you belong here. You belong here. You belong in the flock. You might not have known how much God is doing and how much we are growing over the last year, 400 last week. And you, you're shocked by that. And the reason is, is you're watching through a camera screen. The, the sheep never goes off over to the mountain. The lost sheep never goes off and sees all the other sheep down in the valley with the cool water. And go, yeah, those are my people over there. Yeah, they're, they're, that's them right there. They're looking, they're having fun. No, be a part of what we're doing. Be a part of that. And so I want you to make that, that decision. Listen, if you're using it inappropriately, man, come and be a part of it. 
And you need to be a part of a local church. You also need to be a part. What we've got is a fantastic is, especially this time right now, if you're watching us and you're trying to figure out, come, start coming because, man, we are doing baptisms next week. You're going to get to see a ton of people who have gotten saved recently, baptized. We are, our children are all promoting to their new classes in the next coming weeks. Uh, we are uh, having group link, uh, free t-shirt Sunday. All of these things are happening all of this month. It is this ramp up. So it's a perfect time for you to come back. So listen, if you're watching today and you're using this as an excuse, no guilt, just truth. We want you back. Amen. You're right. Yeah, there you go. So we really and truly, we want you back. So you belong in a group. Similarity number three is that both the sheep and the coin are valuable. Nobody goes, I lost a sheep. Nah, well, Nobody has 10 coins and says, man, I lost a tenth of all that I have. Oh, well, oh, well, you're valuable. That's the reason that God pursues you is you're valuable. See, we'll do, we'll do some things uh, to get what we don't have, but we'll do anything to keep what we already have. Think about when you were, uh, if you're a couple and, and if you were experiencing any kind of fertility issues. You start going to the doctor and you want to have children. And so you, you walk through that process. But there's, there's a process that you have to do just, just as a couple. And you have to go, okay, um, what are the medical options? What can we uh, afford to have? There's like a, this financial component in that. You know, like, well, we could do this. Well, can we afford that? And you have to have that discussion because you'll do something to get something new. But all of us as parents, if we had a sick child and we didn't have the money to pay for their life-changing surgery, we would, without hesitation, you wouldn't even have to discuss it with your spouse. You could, you'd sell everything. You'd go to every one of your friends and go, I need money and I need it now. Without any reservation, without, with total humility, because you would do anything to save your children that exist. You would do anything. That's who you are to God. You are the child that in time passed, before time even began, the Bible says he knit you together. He knew you in the very beginning. He, you are made to have a relationship with God, and you are so valuable that the Father sent the Son, and he is saying, I will give anything to get you back. We are out of relationship because you're a, a sheep or a coin or next week a son. I want you back. You are valuable to the kingdom of God. God loves you and values you. So those are the similarities. Now let's look uh, briefly at just one difference. And the one difference is simply this. How the sheep and how the coin get lost. That's really the, the difference that he wants to highlight here. They're both lost, but they get lost different ways. So let me show you a picture of a flock of sheep. And I want you to picture this flock of sheep. And you see most of them are kind of in the background. And you're this sheep right up front. And this is the way sheep operate. They, they, sheep need a shepherd because they're not very thoughtful in and of themselves. And so you're this sheep right here, and that, that, the, the flock is just right there. You're a little bit off, but not a problem. But this is what a sheep does. The sheep will be like, huh, I have never seen one of those. And, and so he, you know, like just, man, I, I mean, have you got, I've never seen one of these. So he's walking over here. And he's going, man, steps down and up. This is amazing. I mean, you know, like, 
He's comparing us to these sheep are not the smartest animals, all right? So, so he, he's like, man, this is fantastic. And he looks right over there. The, the flock's right there. So it's not a problem. I mean, I could run over there in just, just a second. It's not a problem at all. And I'm just, this is just fa- fascinating. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, it's been a while. And look at this. I, have y'all guys ever seen this? Oh, look. Ooh. Are these fresh farm eggs? Fresh farm eggs right there. That's right. Taking care of the staff. These are Jason's eggs. Thank you very much. That's all. That's awesome. Look how pretty they are, man. I love that. That's, that's really cool. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Ooh. Shiny sign. Oh, man. I don't even know what exit means, but that has got to be fun right there. Man, what is up without here? Whoa. I don't know if you guys know it, but this is actually a lot more fun. This is actually better. You you ought to think about this sometime. Now, here's what happens to the sheep. At this moment, he understands I'm lost. Here's the problem. He doesn't know how to get back. See, for a lot of us, we understand I kind of wandered off the path, and I'm lost. I, but I don't, I don't really remember the path I even took. I can't retrace my steps because it wasn't an intentional path. It was just floating and meandering, and now I'm lost. But I can't get back on my own. I need a shepherd. I need a shepherd to come and retrieve me. I can't get back by myself. Somebody's got to come get me. Here's the way that the sheep gets lost. You need to write this down. It's not rebellion. It's preoccupation. It's just you got busy with life. You started looking at other things. You started, and none of them are bad. This is not sinful. Next week, we'll talk about the young son that's like, I'm going to do it my way and storms off. That's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about the person that was just like, man, I am busy at work. And then kids and all their activities and all their, you know, like it's like two weeks away from you starting school. And then you get the very first day fundraiser, right? I mean, you're just like, woohoo, great. Thank you. You know, those kind of things. You're doing all of this stuff and you get busy and then you, you make this sort of weird thought. You're like, you know, Sunday's our only day to sleep in. And then, you, you know, we got football practice, we got, we got band, we got, you know, all of these things. And then all of a sudden you look up, you didn't make a choice not to be a part of the flock. You just looked up one day and you're not. You just got preoccupied with life. But while you were the one who got lost, Jesus is the only one who can come and bring you back and find you. And so some of you today, you're like, man... I didn't make this choice. I'm so, I didn't even think about this. You're, you're like a sheep. You're like a sheep. You just got lost. But the shepherd has brought you to this time and this place to say, come on back. Come on back. So sheep wonder. Coins are different. Coins are different. Coins are inanimate. Coins cannot move or think for themselves. Coins do not wander off by themselves. Instead, coins are. lost. Somebody dropped the coin. They didn't mean to. They, it was important. It was valuable to them, but somebody dropped the coin. So while the sheep does the work, the, the coin, you're the person who somebody did something to you and it hurt your relationship with God. 
Maybe you didn't grow up in church, but sometimes somebody invited you to church. You know, there you, you went to church just to check it out. And you, you went to one of these extremes. You went, you went to an ultra-liberal church where they're like, we don't believe the Bible, and this might not be the only way, but, you know, you might want to try it out. You're like, just give your life to the great ooze in the sky. And you're like, that doesn't sound very cool at all. You know, you're like, oh, you know, I don't want to be that. Or some of you went to this really, really conservative church, and they're like, God is mad at you because of your sin, and he is judgmental, and he is sending you to hell, and if you want him, come forward to receive Christ. <laughs> You're like, I don't know, I don't know about that, you know? And, and it, it was these two extremes, and it just wasn't biblical. It just wasn't. And so you kind of rejected this, this image of church or Christianity that was a caricature that wasn't real at all. What's actually more common is that you did go to a church and one person or one group of people were like the owner of the coin and they lost you. Man, they did something to you or you saw them do something you thought, if that's Christianity, I'm out. I don't want any part of that. I don't want any part of those people. They're mean. They're judgmental. They're what, whatever it was, you know, or, or this individual was, was supposed to represent Jesus, either by being in the church or being a leader or being on staff, and they didn't. And, and I, if that's who Christ is, I'm out. I'm out. And you're like the coin. Somebody lost you. Somebody had the responsibility to accurately and adequately present Jesus to you, and they dropped the ball. Whether Maybe they were well-meaning even, or maybe they were just mean and evil people, but they were in the local church, and you were like a coin who got lost along the way. Well, here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, I want you to know that I pursue you, and I come and I want you to follow me because I'm the one who looks after. And I'm the one, and I see, I see somebody dropped you along the way, and I hate that. But I also know that I love you immensely, and you are valuable to me. And so I want you to know that I love you. It's time to come home. You belong with the people of God. You belong with the person of Jesus Christ. He loves you immensely. So what I want us to do in this last few minutes, I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And we're just going to have a moment of prayer just for you to kind of think through this sermon. And for this is our, our prayer time for this morning. We started off by saying God welcomes sinners. And so if, you're, if you've been saved for a long time, and think back to that moment where God welcomed you into the kingdom of God. Thank God for the people who were directly responsible for that. Some of you, it was parents that brought you. Some of it was a teacher that, you know, invited you to Wednesday night youth group. Some of you, it was a buddy who said, hey, come to church camp with me or come to VBS and you got saved. Some of you, it was a, a faithful preacher of the gospel. <clears throat> and thank God for that. If you're new to Christianity, thank God that this is not some weird exclusive club that you are welcomed here. God has brought you here. Thank you, Jesus. Next, we talked about that, that God pursues the lost. 
God is looking for you and, and searching after you and has, has worked circumstances, has worked even your choices to bring you so that you could understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the first part of the gospel is what we talked about this morning, that God is the shepherd who's looking for the lost sheep. But the second part, in the second part of his ministry, God, Jesus actually changes the illustration. Instead of being the shepherd who looks for his sheep, Jesus is the sheep who was slain for the sin of the world. See, they lived in a sacrificial system in this day. And they would pick the best lamb. And they would spill its blood as a, as a picture of forgiveness of sin. And Jesus says, I am now that lamb. So I was the shepherd who looked for you till I found you. But then I was the sheep who died for you. For the sin of the world. For your sin and for mine. So today... You can have Christ in your life. You can know that he's been pursuing you and that this is the culmination of that moment for you to be saved, for you to give your life to Jesus. Say, I want you to be the shepherd. Where you say go, I'll go. Where you lead, I'll follow. Where you feed me, I'll eat. I will listen to you. You are the good shepherd. And believe that Jesus died on the cross, the sacrificial lamb, that he was buried in the tomb and on the third day that he came alive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ask Christ to be the Lord of your life. For some of you, probably a lot of us, you know, coming out of the summer, it's just a different time where that that is winding down very, very quickly. I want to remind you that you belong to the people of God. You belong to the family of God at River Valley. This is the moment where we, people, as they start to come in, where we ramp up. Man, make that decision. Thank, thank God if you've never been saved. But even if you have, next week is baptism. Pray for great numbers of people to give their life to Jesus Christ and the family of God. Say, I want to join the people of God at River Valley. The following week, uh, I think, is um, promotion Sunday for our children. Pray for our children. Pray that they would have new classes, not just in school, but also here that would really bond in their relationships. Pray for free t-shirt Sunday. <laughs> the reason we do is because people come out of the woodworks for t-shirts. <laughs> so God, if you can use a simple t-shirt to bring people to hear the message of Jesus Christ, would you please? God wants you to be a part of the, the family of God. God also wants you to be a part of a group. The week after that, we have group link. Pray for our groups. Pray for yourself in those groups, that you would find a people, of, a, a group of like-minded people, that you would find life in that group. He's pursuing you because you're valuable, because you're worthy. Some of you just need to dig back in and say, okay, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here more than I miss. I'm going to be here because I belong to the family of God. Now, some of you are here this morning, and, and this sermon sort of takes you back, but it doesn't necessarily really apply to you right now because you're like, you know what? I did get saved, and I'm really serving Jesus. I'm doing pretty good in my faith right now. There's a lot of you here, in fact, 
But here's where I bet that sermon hit you, is that you know someone who you are bothered by that they're outside of the family of God. You know a sheep that's lost, that's wandered off. You know a coin that's been dropped. The next, next week we'll talk about, you know a son who's rebelled. Pray for those people who God is laying on your heart right now. God, save them. God, bring, don't, just, don't just forgive them their sins and I'll see them in heaven. Save them radically that I'll see them next week at church with a countenance that's different, with eyes that shine like the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible ends both of these stories where he says rejoicing happens when this happens. When a sheep comes back to the, to the group, it happens. When... Um, a coin is found, God rejoices. So, I want you to praise God this morning as if that has already happened in faith. The Bible says in the first story, it's, they're, they're both very similar, but one difference. In the first story, it says there's rejoicing in heaven. So, heaven is told when a saint comes back or a sheep comes back to the flock. So, the people who have died, who have gone on before us, that they're in heaven, they rejoice when your prayers are answered. The angels in heaven, they rejoice. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they rejoice. All of heaven rejoices when one sheep who's wandered off comes back, when one coin who is found comes back. But the second time, it's a little bit different and it's really unique. And here's what it says. It says, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels. See, here's what happens. When all of this partying and all of this celebration is going on, there's a moment where all of heaven stops and the people and the angels stop and they look at God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and they watch them rejoice over one sinner who comes back. Because think about it for a second. This is God. He doesn't need anything and he doesn't need anyone. He is complete and self-sufficient in every way. Yet he looks down on a mere mortal like you or I who was far from his flock and he watches them come back and he rejoices and the angels are in such awe, they stop and they just watch God. God, we rejoice like you. We rejoice with you. God, one day we will rejoice and watch you as you celebrate all of your sheep coming home together. Until that day, may we be found faithful in Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.